Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Blended Life starting. I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. Welcome to Blended Life. Welcome. Where things are always crazy. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So tonight's topic <clears throat> is. <laughs> well, it's interesting because you had texted me in the middle of the night and asked and brought up a good it point. It was literally in the middle of the night. It was. Yeah. And I was asleep. But that's cool. So I um, was next to her texting her. As I was sleeping. Yes. That's how this goes. It's how our best conversations happen. Yeah. Um, no, we're going to talk about intimacy and trying to get on the same page and just how to connect more as a married couple. Oh, please do tell. <laughs> this, this is was, your topic this idea. This is just my topic idea because I want to know. <laughs> Great. We're going to have a know. lot of dead air. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just stare at the camera. Hey, also like you're sleeping. Yeah. You guys can write in if you guys have suggestions along the way. We'll we'll talk about that. Um, and then someone wrote in interesting topic on our blended life support group. Why don't we deal with that first? Okay. <laughs> because who knows if we're going to have anything to say to each other. All right. And we get into the other stuff. Let's do it. Um, buddy is saying to point the camera up, please. Whatever that means. Oh, not happening right now, bud, but I appreciate the thoughts. So... Um, I'm going to read you what the post was. So everyone has all the information that I had as well. So, um, a woman writes in and she says, I'm looking for some advice. My husband told me tonight that he thinks his junior high and high school or his junior high and high school. Okay. I'm sorry. Let me start over. (laughs) His junior in high school daughter is going to be going to our local community college after she graduates and live at home. Okay. We have his daughter full time. Her and I do not have the best relationship. It's been a very hard seven years. She has drugged me through hell and back. My husband and I parent different. And in order for myself not to go off the deep end, I have limited my interaction with her. She manipulates her parents and she plays that she is helpless. So therefore she is babied. It drives me crazy. Anyhow, the thought of her staying and living in my home after high school saddens me. My kids are both away at college, living on their own and paying their own bills. Yes, they made that choice, but it's been the best choice. They have grown up and they are mature and they are better people because of it. The thought of having my stepdaughter stay at home while my kids are away is just not how I saw my life. I was holding on for the day my husband and I could travel, go where we wanted, 
walk around naked in the house if we wanted, etc. My biggest fear is slowly becoming a reality, and I don't know how to tell my husband I'm not happy about it. I'm afraid if I tell him his daughter can't stay here after she graduates from high school, he will want a divorce. So knowing how I so knowing how I am, I will keep quiet like I have the last seven years, and I will be miserable. Yeah, that's a tough one because, well, for all so many reasons. I mean, first of all, you stated that your kids are grown up and out of the house, you know, so there's like that like unfairness there. But then there is the fear of divorce. There's the fear of, you know, and, and is this is this child even set up properly for life skills, you know, to, to be able just to cut off and send out cold turkey, you know, at school, once school's done, you know, like I think that's that's the biggest red flag to me is like, all right, we need to figure out something as a couple to get this kid on track to be able to move out, you know, not, not just cut her off cold turkey and be like, you're out, you're done, you know, now all of a sudden you can't walk around naked because you hate each other and everyone's mad at each other, but being able to come up with a plan. So that's going to have to start. I mean, kind of like tonight's topic, it's going to have to start with the parents, you know, you're going to have to be able to get on the same page as your husband or get him, I guess, on the same page well, as that's you. Well, it. I mean, that's what you she's know? saying is yeah. she's saying the last seven years, she hasn't said anything. Yeah. And that's the problem. That right there is the problem. So it's, this it's, is all going to be new to him. Yeah. It's all swept under the rug and you're going surprise. Yeah. You know, and that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. And so what do you do? Do you just for another couple of years, mm. you've already held your tongue for seven. Yeah, the problem Do is, you just no, the problem it? is her fear is this kid's not, well, and, and kind of just to be fair to the kid too, you need to set this child up. But to, it's not, she's a step parent. Right. So. But you're still. the. She can't set but the this word child parent, the up. The word parent is still in there. You're still a parent. If you don't have your spouse's support. Well, right. But it that, doesn't You need matter. to get your your spouse's support. You need to get on the same page as your spouse. You need to let them know about this. First of all, you know, and maybe don't just, you know, completely uncover this rug with everything swept under it, but start talking about it. Start making it a theme of topic, right? You know, little by little. This so is so as a man, you know, we're talking about me or you, you. Oh, thanks. Because, how does she start this conversation with her husband? How would you want this conversation started with you? Like, how does someone approach it? What is she supposed to say? Well, you come into it. Yeah, you come into it like, you know, maybe starting with the fun, fluffy stuff, you know, talking about walking around the house naked one day and how close that distant future is. And then you start reeling it in a little bit and be like, you know, but so-and-so, you know, isn't ready to move out. And, you know, the rest of them have moved out. I know, you know, she's the last, but let's start getting a game plan together, you know, and, and reel it in as a team thing. Like, let's do this together. Let's figure this out together. Let's give her, um, you know, the baggage and the tools that she needs to be able to get out of our household. Right. You well, know? it's interesting, though, because isn't it like the first well, the second sentence is that she states, 
my husband told me tonight. So her husband didn't even come to her about having a discussion about his child, his child's future and bringing her into that discussion. And I think that's right. The problem right there and probably why she's held her tongue for seven years, because when you're t- when a when you're a bio parent and you tell the step parent how it's going to be to have that challenged more often than not starts some sort of fight some sort of argument um defense you know it doesn't ever go well most of the like 99% of the time right and so if that's truly what happened and her husband came home and he told her that his daughter was probably going to go to JC and live at home after high school. I mean, that is a symptom of a much bigger problem right yeah, there. And, you know, it's it would have been statement, not a not a conversation. Right. It isn't yeah. not like let's discuss. Yeah. Our. I, I think that's something daughter's that we future need to, together. Yeah, that we all need to get in the in the habit of is having conversations rather than giving statements. And I think that offering conversation and inviting someone into conversation goes so much further than just stating things. Like, you know, I mean, sometimes it's good to know facts, but when it's big life decisions like this, like let's have a conversation, right? Invite people in, invite your spouse in. Especially your spouse, not just people, but if it's concerning your spouse's home, you know, it's, it's, it's both of your homes. It's as much as his home as it is her home. And if you're making changes to the home or things that will affect your partner, you would think that you would talk to them about it and inquire about it. Really the burden should have been on him to say, Hey, what do you think about this? Right. How do you feel about this? Um, we expect our spouses just to sit and swallow sand and be a silent partner. And we're the bio parent. Therefore, what we say goes. And I think that what that does is it just absolutely dismisses your spouse. Right. And that doesn't promote intimacy. No. That doesn't make you feel included. It doesn't make you feel no, wanted it, or yeah, valued. It creates separacy between, is that even a real word? You separacy? made it one. I just, congratulations. New word. Look it up in your local dictionary. <laughs> um, no, but it separates you two. You know, it right. puts a divide in your marriage, in your relationship, and even in the household. Right. You and know, because when mom's on a team and dad's on a team, now all of a sudden the kids become on mom's team and the kids become on dad's team. That's and it. you're just one big divided household. That's it. Yeah. And that's how a lot of blended families are run. And... Um, and now unfortunately it puts her in the uncomfortable, like just not to even consider your spouse when it comes to your own children is a really big mistake. Um, and it's now put the burden of, if she has anything to say about it, instead of feeling safe, it's going to be an attack because he laid down the law and now she's got to challenge that. And, how much do you like to be challenged in your marriage? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, not at all. Yeah. Right. No, it's, I mean, it, some people are all right with it. Most people, you it know, doesn't go well. It doesn't go well. Especially when you're talking about your own children. Yeah. You, there's nothing more defensive to get about than your own children. You know, it well, happens if, yeah, every day. If you, Yeah. But if you let it get to that, you know, I think that we need to figure out a better way to talk about our children and present it to people 
without being defensive and without being offensive, you know, how can we talk about our kids or the other person's kids without offending them or without being defensive? I don't know. You if, know? I think, I think something that we learned in therapy and I, or counseling or whatever is in something that, you know, even in most arguments, I think most of our arguments could be squashed if both of us could keep in mind that the other one has good intentions. Right. Like, we're yeah. not trying to hurt the other person. I'm yeah. not trying to be mad at you if I'm not mad at you. You know, like, why is it about that instead of... But you know what I mean? Like, I we need biggest, to come at it with the other person's not trying to hurt us. Yeah. I you, think the biggest part of that, at least that I recognize, is tone. Mm-hmm. I think it's tone in the way you come at a person, the way that you... Um, right, but it could have nothing to do with you. It could, right. Like but somebody a, can be annoyed right, without a, have them being annoyed at you. Right. Right? But being able to learn that, but when it's about your kid or, you know, that's where the defensiveness I think comes in. So it's being able to approach these conversations with the proper tone that doesn't offend your spouse. Yes. You know? And then also is the listening partner to the mantra to run in your head yeah. over and over again. They're not trying to hurt me. They're not trying to hurt my kid. Yeah. They're not trying to hurt me. They're not trying to hurt my kid. <laughs> Breathe in. Breathe, Breathe it. Out. But you have to kind of you remind that yourself <laughs> that, you know. Um, yeah. And I think the goal of everybody wants to be able to do is to be able to tell their spouse something. Yeah. Have their spouse receive what they've told them right. and then move on. Right. Like that is, I wrote that down. I'm like, that is what we all hope to do when we want to tell our spouse something. Whatever that something is, or if you tell want, them, have it received, and then move on. Or if you want a resolution, come come to a resolution, you know? Like sometimes things don't need to be moved on from. Well, I mean, like, let's just not keep beating. I just mean move on, like, change. Right. Figure okay. it out. Like, let's stop beating a dead horse. Like, have what I say matter to you. You know, fake it. Right. <laughs> fake it. Hear me. Act like you've heard what I've said. Because I think that, and we've talked about this a bunch, like people don't necessarily need it. You don't have to agree with someone to respect them and to hear them and to make them feel valued. I value people whose beliefs don't align with mine. Right. We don't agree on a lot of stuff, but I have friends who don't share the same political party as me, the same religion as me, you know, and their life is no less valuable. Their thoughts and feelings don't matter less because they don't agree with me. But in our marriages, we seem to lose that. We feel like we all have to be exactly the same or the other person's wrong. And it's cool to receive something from your spouse just to hear them and validates them. The agreeing portion doesn't validate them. It's the actual, like, I just heard what you said. I just heard what you said. Kind of. I'm monitoring the YouTube feed since you had papers over it. Oh, well, I kept checking it a little bit. I'm checking it now full time. So what to do, though? Like, let's say he's laid the law down in his home with this situation. And this is the way it's going to go. He wants his daughter to stay there. She is like, I don't want her here. Right. So now you have you have you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Figure out what's softer is your marriage worth 
sticking around for this, you know? Are you, That's are exactly you, what I wrote. Sorry, it's just funny. Oh, is it? <laughs> well, I mean, really, though, you mm-hmm. know, is your husband important enough that you're like, all right, you know what? I'm going to stick this out another two, three, four, six, seven years. Oh, my God. You know, uh, but I mean, really, though, some people that get like this, you know, luckily she's not like a, a gamer boy in parents' basement because sometimes those kids never leave, you know? True story. But really, like, what's more important, you know? It, are are you going to be able, you've lived like this for how many years, you know? Are you going to be seven. able to, for seven years, could you put up with this for another seven years or are you just going to explode? I do think she owes it to herself and her husband. I mean, he would have to be completely blind not to have seen the struggle. Right. Even if she hasn't said it, I feel like you'd have to be pretty absent not to notice a struggling relationship in your home for seven years. I think she has to be brave and broach the subject with her husband and give him the opportunity to get on the same page with her. Right. Because if you rob someone of doing the right thing, the right thing here really is to get on the same page. Whether both are willing to or not, you know, who knows, but to rob someone of the opportunity to do the right thing. Yeah. Open the conversation. I think that's equally as wrong. You know, I think that hiding stuff from your spouse and being resentful that things aren't changing is wrong. Yeah, because, I mean, really, at the end of the day, your spouse may just completely not be aware of this. They might just think that you've got your own little issues somehow that have nothing to do with this or might be putting them off towards something else. I think it has to do with something else, you know, but. Or he's super stoked. Like, I know there's issues, but she's not bringing it up. So we're just going to status quo. (laughs) Yeah, but being out. Yeah, but having that conversation, bringing this to the table, having the conversation, putting it out there and then at least, you know, like you have the conversation. If it doesn't go anywhere, don't use that as like, all right, cool. Now I can go punch holes in the wall like Kyle. The monster drinking next door neighbor. Um, Is that South Park? No. Oh. That's um, I have no idea. Internet meme. You oh. know about Karen? Karen's like the lady with the, you know, like the middle-aged lady, like late <laughs> 40s with the bob haircut. No. That always asks for the manager. I have no idea you're talking about, no. That's Karen. I don't know Karen. <laughs> Should I know Karen? <laughs> Who's yeah. Karen? Yeah. <laughs> Google search Karen. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> and then when you're done, Google search Kyle. And I'm pretty sure but Kyle's is Kyle a no Kyle's just the typical tip, he's the name of the typical like no. monster energy know. drinking like big piercings in the ears like kid that just punches holes in the wall. <laughs> it's just a stereotypical like meme like it's it's a funny thing. Anyways, Karen. Do you guys mom. know Kyle? I bet a few of you do. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> um. And I told her, too, I said, you know, if you're living in fear that your husband's going to divorce you, that's no way to live. No, not at all. You should never make decisions, whether like a life lesson, right? You never make decisions or let fear control you or determine your path or. I mean, you will just be miserable forever 
And that's kind of your fault. Yeah. You know, like if you're the one living in fear and fear is informing your decisions and you're unhappy, well, it's you, just, that's on you. It's just so unhealthy too, to be living in fear and living in an unhappy. Now, when I say unhappy, I don't mean that like everything should always be perfect because that's just not reality. And some people think like, if I'm not always perfect or my life isn't always perfect, you know, then what am I doing this for? Like, that's not life. And I think that's what a lot of the younger generations getting set up for. You mean it's not a Hallmark movie? <laughs> well, <laughs> after five o'clock here it is. Uh-huh. Um, but no, or, I mean, really though, people need to like stop and just realize like I'm going to have some ups and downs, but everything being perfect all the time just isn't realistic. Yeah. You know, and I like I was just saying before we talked about Hallmark movies that a lot of the younger generation is getting set up like that. You can have whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You can live here as long as you want. And everything is always perfect for you, you know, because mommy and daddy are taking care of you and you get whatever you want, you know, and that's just not reality. And all that's doing is hurting the youth. It's hurting our households, you know. So being able to come to a common ground and talk about this stuff and have these conversations with our partners is the best thing that you can possibly do for your relationship. Yeah. And you let people be who they are. Like if you married a bad person who's going to divorce you, find that out. Know who you're married to. Like, I mean, I said, if you married a good man, he's not going to divorce you because you're struggling with this. This is, if you're struggling with this, maybe he can figure it out with you to make it a better situation to help bridge whatever gap or whatever is happening that's bad in that relationship or maybe he can rent her apartment off by the you know like student housing there's other options you know um but right don't you feel like a good spouse wouldn't divorce you because you're concerned about your stepchild living in your home after I feel like that's a normal concern for kids or stepkids like I hope my kids but it's a fear living home at 22 right but or it's 20. A, yeah, it's a fear that you should be able to get over and come to common grounds with. I'm laughing yeah. because because Katie knows Kyle. <laughs> he wears a flat build monster hat. No. See? Well, <laughs> See? I know. People know Kyle. You're way cooler than me. I'm not that cool. I am not cool. It is not cool to know I'm Kyle. The like you know who Kyle ever. is, but you don't know Kyle. Like he's not my friend. He I would know, be. I know who he is. If Kyle were a real he'd person, he'd be your friend. You're friends with everyone. Well, I'm friends. Yeah, but. You like everyone. You're friends with everyone. I'm way more selective. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Karen, go get the manager. (laughs) Am I Karen? Crap. No, you're like. Oh, don't say it. I'm just going to get my feelings hurt. Yeah. Yeah, you're just not going to be nice, so. Yeah, we're not going to talk about this. I agree. Next subject. (laughs) But, um, and what do you do if, like, what? What should she do if her husband's like, I want a divorce? Well, you know what? I mean. You know, honestly, though, and just have. Like, if that reality comes. You know what? If that reality comes, then there was nothing you were going to be able to do about it anyways. And this is something that while going through divorce, I had to realize, and it took me a long, long, long time to realize this. No matter what I said, no matter what I did, no matter how I acted, it wasn't going to change the fact that divorce was going to happen. If 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 you do everything to prevent it and you mm-hmm. still get a divorce, then it's not on you. 
Like some, there's some things in life you just don't have control over. If you drive around the city and you drive around perfectly careful all day and you say, I'm never going to get in a car accident. I'm going to drive around as perfectly as I can. Someone's eventually just going to run into you, you know, like there are some things that you just can't avoid. Like pregnancy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If you, yeah. Should we give an analogy for that? No, I have a pill baby. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like some things, like you said, that's, I don't know. Mm. There's some unavoidable things. Divorce, I mean, is it 100% avoidable? No. I mean, you can do the best you can. Well, and you just can't control the other person. That's my point. Yeah. Like, you can, you can, you can be steadfast in your beliefs, but if somebody wants out, they want out. Right. Um, yeah, and there's nothing that you're gonna do. So this might be, you know, I'd hate for it to this to be the reason for something like that. Right. And another thing I wanted to bring up while that I told her a piece of advice that I felt like was super important because she didn't let the issue just be about her stepdaughter. She had to weave in how awesome her kids are, and I cautioned her about that. I said, you know, celebrate your kids. Absolutely. Like, be proud of them, celebrate them, brag about them, but leave your stepdaughter out of it. Like, stop comparing your kids to your stepdaughter because they will never be the same. Yeah. Their circumstances are, they were born into different circumstances. Well, and if they hear hear this, it's going to start causing resentment. Well, yeah, but it's just, it makes her more upset. I said, if you're sitting there all day long and my kids are awesome and my stepdaughter sucks, my kids are awesome, my stepdaughter sucks, what do you think you're creating in your head? You're creating such a divide and such a, like, bitterness and, you know, my kids are better, this kid is low you know and I just don't think that helps even if it's true I just don't think that kind of self-talk and having that in your head is helpful certainly not helpful if the kid ever found out yeah your husband heard that I'm sure that would be offensive right you know and it doesn't make you feel any better so I I cautioned her just to keep the kids like this issue keep it separate let your stepdaughter live in her own shadow with her own issues and her own accomplishments and her own wins and let your kids like, well, and be proud of yourself. Separate. Be proud of the kids that you've raised and that you've gotten out on your own, you know, or gotten it's out awesome on their that own. they're like, on their own. That's great. Like, yeah. Like take some pride in that and be like, you know what? But don't always relate it back to right. this is highlighting how horrible my stepdaughter is. Yeah. You know, because kids are different and not every kid is going to graduate college or go to college or go to trade school, or, you know. Well, sometimes they might surprise you. I mean, sometimes the kids that have the least amount of um, energy and excitement for something are the kids that are going to grow up to come through and do things, you know. I know I know people who have totally been just worthless going through school. You wouldn't have wanted to know them, you know, that are just completely successful, turn their life around, the nicest people you've ever wanted to meet today. You know, I've ran into people. I mean, we live in a pretty small area mm-hmm. and ran into people, you know, 10, 15 years later. And I'm like, wow, I never would have expected you to turn out like this and have a beautiful family and raising kids. Right. And you're just like, you know, some people take longer to figure this out. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And 
And I think also something that's really underutilized for Christians is prayer. You know, I would pray for wisdom on how to even uh, talk to your husband if you're a Christian. I don't know if she is, but, you know, I would get your mind right. I would would pray. I would meditate if that's your thing. I would just spend some time really getting guidance on how to approach the subject, maybe asking for your heart to be changed. I've had to do that with a lot of situations. Like, God, I am powerless. Like, you know... You have to change this. I can't change this on my own. I've tried. It I've doesn't changed work. so much thanks to that. <laughs> but you know, like I need, I need change and I can't do that on my own. And maybe she's meant to live with you and you're going to have to have a change of heart or a change of attitude, you know, start praying for that. Start preparing your heart for that. If you've got two years, that's two years of praying or a year and a half, you know, um, maybe pray with your husband about it or, you know, I just, I feel like that is such an underutilized tool that we have at our disposal in blended life families, um, because a lot of situations are bigger than us and we're only human. And if we want something to change, right, we need to go to our creator who made us in the first place. We don't have the power to change other people, but we do have the power to ask for help from a greater being. And so, I don't know. I think that that is something that's not talked about too much, but is super, super the best advice anyone could ever give you. Yeah. So, all right. I think we beat that dead horse to death. (laughs) Is it dead yet, guys? It's dead again. All right. So, let's talk about, oh, I don't have my phone. Um, You were wanting to discuss... And I just put the word intimacy in there because I think it has a lot to do with connectivity and intimacy. This trying to get on the same page, trying to talk about working together more as a team. Right. You know, why don't you tell us more like what what your thoughts are? I th- Well, I think a lot of our downfall, I mean, at least yours and my downfall mm-hmm. when it comes to our blended family is you and I being on the same page. I mean, you and I spending enough time together because when we get going in our own ways with our own kids doing our own things, it draws us apart so much. And I feel like it's always such a hard time for you and I to then reconnect, to find um, intimacy, to find um, just the common laughter and humor and love. And you start feeling distant. And it really takes a long time for that to come back again. And we we tend to do that. We tend to yo-yo quite a bit, you know, where we're really close. And then over a amount of time, we're really far, you know. And then we drop back in, and then we're really close. And we yo-yo quite a bit, you know. So I think being able to, I mean, there's no quick solution to that. But trying to work on that every day, um, just with simple things. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but I haven't been texting you as much lately when you're at work, but I call you a lot more now. You know, it's something that I've noticed. I'm like, we are really, we're texting each other a lot of the same things constantly, you know, where I can text you something. I know what you're going to text me back. And then you probably know what I'm going to text you back. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, it, it's kind of meaningless. It's, it takes it's, spe- it's not special. It's not special at all. And yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm thinking of you. You know, and, and you know they are because they took the time to do it. 
but it doesn't stick with you, you know? So I try to call you a lot more lately and just check in and see what you're doing and how things are going. And I think just having that voice to voice communication throughout the day rather than texting. I mean, I know some people don't have the luxury of doing that. Um, but for you and I, I feel like at least me personally, it helps a little bit. You know, I feel like, all right, I, I have communicated with you. What do you need to feel more connected and like more intimate with me? Because obviously is that po- like, you know, I post, did you read the article that I posted or the, the long, I reposted something from focus Today? on the family Oh, I'm like, yesterday I've been for 12 hours. No, today. it was about intimacy. I did. Did you read I think that's under kinda, it? Yeah, I read it last night. I think that's kind of what sparked this thought, honestly. That one? Oh, yeah, I believe so. Okay. Um, well, what do you, so tell me what you need to feel more I, connected. Me personally, mm-hmm. I feel like um, I need to have, I need to have deeper conversations. I, I, the surface conversations, the surface texting is kind of just a waste of time. You know, it, it's almost more distracting. And then if you don't, if you don't respond right away or you don't give someone the right answer right away, it's kind of like, then you're in trouble for it because you didn't respond. And it's like, oh, was, did I really have to respond to that? Like you already knew what I was going to say. Yeah. Know? I feel the same way though. That's yeah. No, I know. I know. <laughs> it's like being able to just sit down and have a conversation, you know, um, sitting down even at the dinner table, you know, we tend to get separated quite a bit when our kids are home. You know, my kid's home. I spend a lot of time with him. Your kids are home. All your attention goes to them. And you and I don't spend a lot of time having conversations between the two of us. You know, this week we really focused on, um, like I didn't have my kids this week. You had your kids. And I noticed all of our, all of our dinner conversations we're 100% focused on them. There was actually one that started, I'm trying to remember how it worked out. It was kind of a weird conversation, but I ended up, which is odd for me, I ended up finished eating first. And I was like totally not even a part of this. And I literally got up, rinsed and washed my dishes and left. And I, I'm like, I, I noticed that. I thought it was because it was an awkward conversation. I was having. It kind of was, but I was zero yeah. part of it. I wasn't brought into it. I didn't really have anywhere to insert myself into it you guys were kind of arguing a little bit um a i mean teenager arguing with his mom yeah, right. no way um huh. it was just one of those i'm like yeah i got stuff i can be doing i'm just i'm out of here mm-hmm. i said nothing and i I'm, totally noticed you pieced th- out but, but i, I was thought about let it like you have that space but i know? thought about it like 10 minutes later i'm like i wonder if they even notice i'm gone mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so it's 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 Finding common ground with everyone in the household. Mm-hmm. And when you are a blended family, it makes it so much harder because everyone isn't woven from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. Everyone is so much different, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to find conversation or draw other people into conversation, even though, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable for them or it's not their topic to talk on. Mm-hmm. Being able to bring people in all around you, I think is such a wonderful thing or a tool for all blended families to have, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, and we don't always miss it. We just do sometimes. And mm-hmm. I notice it when we do. And I feel like the kids notice it when we do. I'm sure you do. Well, it's interesting you bring up like dinner conversations and things like that, because we do this with our with our kids. Like I'll I'll talk to well in this particular conversation 
I was kind of, and I don't know if you feel like this in conversations you have with your children, but I don't feel like we have each other's backs in conversations we're having with our kids. So like the conversation I was having with my son, well, first of all, it just took me off guard. So I'm trying, it caught me off guard. And so I'm trying to process it. I'll tell you off air. Um, but I was trying to process what he was asking me. Okay. And then if you know me, my heart's like bursting into a million pieces and I'm overreacting in my head. And I'm like, I'm just not going to see you now for a very long time, this particular time period, you know? Oh, okay. Yes, I remember. And so I'm just like, I'm bummed out. I'm trying to process it. I'm trying not to lose it. I'm trying to keep my composure. Like when my son presents me with su- with certain <laughs> triggers. Yeah. I'm trying to keep composure because I don't want him to feel bad. Right. I don't want to put him down. I want to support him, but inside I'm like super bummed out or I'm super, my feelings are super hurt or whatever the situation is. And so there's a lot going inside my head. And so it bummed me out too. I wasn't going to make it an issue because I'm like, that would be an uncomfortable conversation. If the tables were reversed and this was your conversation with your child, I kind of would have been like, okay. Yeah, I would like to go watch my Hallmark movie. You know what now. I did though? I did have so, I did have my feelings on it. But and partly. my point is, I I think that, and I you can tell me what you think. Like it would have been cool. I was trying to. Well, no, like my point to bringing this up before I didn't get it out yet was that it would have been nice to have backup to be like, you know, to for you to insert yourself or be like, hey, your mom's feeling this yeah. way, like you know, because I I. I couldn't even think to invite you in because of everything that was going on in my head. Well, you two are both like that. Your son's like that, and you're like that. Once you two get going, you are both debaters. Whether you like to think about it or not, you like to tell every part of your story, Mm -hmm. and he likes to tell every part of his story. I took him up to the store the other day, Mm -hmm. and we debated the entire time. About what? (laughs) We weren't going to talk about our kids' podcast, but what? Was it, well, don't maybe don't say on air. Don't maybe don't say on air. I don't people, I don't want him getting. He tried mail. to debate me about global warming and everything about it and population control and like oh. just in all this, you know, and I'm, <laughs> and, and that's okay. I'm like, you can, you can think this, but I made him think about everything. And I, you know, he, he's trying to, t- you know, just tell me like, mm-hmm. there's going to be a point soon that we're all just done. We're all dead. We're going to outgrow like we should have limits on this is what they're teaching our kids. And that's what I tried to tell him. Yeah. You know, that we should have limits on how many kids we could have. And I had to stop him for a second. Be like, <laughs> I'm going to have to talk to my son. I think. No, no, no. It was good. It was uh, good. I mean, it, it, I'm not going to let him walk all over, especially with this type of stuff. Yeah. But I had to stop him and be like population control. I'm like, it's your God given right to have children. You know, I'm like, you go to church with us every Sunday. Do you go to church with us every Sunday? just because we drag you to church or do you truly believe what you're going to church for? He's oh no, you're right. You know? So I shut him down on a lot of different things like that. It made him think about a lot of things. Um, I mean, there's a lot of theories out there. There's, I mean, who's to say I'm even right, but I'm like, as far as our beliefs and our household beliefs go, you know, everything that you're stating to me right now is totally off base. So trying to just to real, and that's part of our, that's part of our job as parents and as step parents is to not let our kids go on these wild tangents if it's not our core beliefs of our family, you know? Because you let them go long enough, 
before you know, they are at the point where they should be out of your house. Mm. (laughs) And now all of a sudden, this is who they are. This is who their friends are. This is who their peers are. And they all believe the same type of thing. And that's what separates you from your children as they get older. Because now you have no, you have no pull pull or saying influence. I mean, you always, you always will, but not like you do when they're your children in your household. No, I mean, this is kids can grow up crazy, believing the craziest of things because their minds when they're little are so pliable. You can get children to believe that that lamppost outside has magical powers. If they go rub it three times, you know, like they can get money. You could, you there, you can make kids believe anything, but yeah, interesting. But anyway, back to our, yeah. yeah. So, so you guys are debaters. Yeah. So when it comes to something like that, for me to insert myself, um, I have a really easy time doing it with you and the youngest. She listens a little better. She doesn't debate as much. No, I mean, really though, she's not, I mean, she has her opinions. She is who she is and whatever. But if I tell her something and I feel like even like you with my son, you tell him something. He's going to listen a little bit, but your oldest, he is very matter of fact, very opinionated. He is also very, very smart. I mean, he's in high school and he is a 5.0 straight A student. He is very smart, but when you try to teach him things and let him know that, you know, just because you say so, or someone tells you, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that it's right, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but if it's in his mind that it's this way, mm-hmm. it, there's no telling him. And yeah. There's a lot of times where I'm like, I don't want to hurt his feelings. I'm not going to debate him on something like this, you know, because he is, you know, and, and, and you got to also not, remember, is it worth it? Yeah. But I, I think that like the point of bringing this conversation up is like, what do we need from each other to feel yeah. closer? And I think that a lot of times being on the same page it starts with like getting on that mindset that right. we always have each other's backs. Yeah. So even if we're not actively like sitting down and talking about a plan yeah, and how things are going to go, you know, it's even behind the scenes in conversation to have that support and to have each other's backs and to um, not take on the, not overtake the conversation, but just to be there like, them, you know, how are you feeling? You know, I even just asking questions or yeah, making I, someone feel like we're you're not there. Good at, yeah, we're not real good at that. I mean, right. you and I haven't even talked about that conversation since it happened. No. It hasn't been brought back up, which is totally why I forgot about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but I think. But finding, you were it. I my, you were noticed you were gone. <laughs> yeah, like three days later. <laughs> I just didn't want to make it an issue. Also, no, I know, like I, I didn't know. want to make you feel but bad. If, but I if would that's get a, it, I would. But have if felt that's a conversation way. happening, and you're like, "Hey, I want you to have my back on this, or I want your input on this." But I, I, yeah, I could have inserted myself. There was no room for it. I had no. New, I didn't even know this conversation was going to happen. He, it was like out of left. No, I know. Field. But then you guys start debating. And it's Was like, it? I, I, I would have been the newscaster or the judge trying to shut you guys up so I could get a I word in. I feel like edu- it was a debate. Have you heard of our podcast Was go? It? Once you get going, there's no room to put words in there. Like mm-hmm. really, but he's the same way. So when both of you are going and there's no room to put words in there, it's twice as, and it was like, 
I'm going to have nothing good to say about any of this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hurt feelings. You know, I would have had your back. Don't get me wrong, but it would have been, I don't think it would have helped the situation. Well, then maybe the right thing to do was to walk away (laughs) if that's the case. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So. All right. So what else? So what do you, so that was like a total tangent, but what do you need to be connected? But what I would have, what I would have appreciated out of that conversation Mm -hmm. is you looking at me and Mm -hmm. being, what's your thoughts on this? Or, you know, do you think this is right? Or just turn to your spouse and ask them into the conversation at some point in time. You know, I was literally just sitting there like, wow, someone's going to die tonight. (laughs) It's not going to be me. I'm leaving, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So find ways to bring your spouse into the conversation if they're not already a part of it, you know? That's that's good advice. I think it's I think that's something that you and I both need to work on. Okay. What what other things do you need? Like what's another thing that would help you feel more intimate with me, more connected to me, more fulfilled? Something that I love doing, you and I started doing last year is just going on walks. Mm-hmm. It gives us again, it comes down to communication. I think the bottom line is communication. But going on walks um Spending that time, you know, just being by each other, talking, you know, I mean, yeah, we can lay in bed and watch TV, but usually then the phones come out and then snoring comes out and it's just, it's kind of worthless, you know, and I've noticed that a lot lately. Like if we've got something to watch or like we've got a goal in mind, like we're going to talk about something or, you know, whatever it is, then I'm all for it. But like, if I'm like, yeah, we're just going to go sit on our phones for two hours mm-hmm. and watch the same stupid show over and over again that has no value. I'm like, I could be sitting here working. Or making. playing Fortnite. Yeah, you always think I'm playing Fortnite, but really, like, you want to know how many times I've loaded up this week? It's only mm. Thursday. I know, we still got time. Mm-hmm. Like, and you haven't had your child here to play with. So. Yeah, but he's online. Like, I can... I could go online and play with them right yeah, now. Yeah, but I never. have noticed, like, you don't, you don't come, you used to come to bed every night at least until I fell asleep, and that's changed recently where you just Because we just don't lay there and. Come to bed, like, you'll come down and you'll play Fortnite all night. You with. think that's what I'm doing. Do you have, <laughs> anyways, I don't work, you guys. I get paid to do You nothing, work all day. But I also work all night. Like, I had so much. How do you think this podcast happened? I literally, it, we started this podcast at 5.30 tonight. I walked in the door at 5.03. Like, all this has to be no, set up. No, I know up, you all told this. me last night you were setting up. Have, but I've, I'm just saying, I've no, yes, I've noticed that you're not interested in that anymore for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I, I've it's been fine. busy. You do but you. So like, I'm either I get laying it. there anyway. No, but I understand. Like, you have other things you'd rather do mm-hmm. and more valuable things you'd rather do and more useful things you'd rather do than come up to bed and lay there. And, and lay there. Listen to snoring and texting. Yeah, or, or whatever. Yeah. So, I noticed that's changed, so. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Gosh, I really haven't even thought of, I don't know. But I thought I would listen to what you needed tonight. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> We can end this early. <laughs> Do you no, know, this Bye is you good. Guys. This is this is like uh, uh, yeah, amazing. <laughs> what? <laughs> I would love to know, like, seriously, so it's I'm deep there. conversations, yeah. 
going on walks. Zern, like I, I, you know, as a husband, what, what, what I, more do you need? That's it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we're good. How do we get on the same page parenting? I think that needs to be more conversations. That needs to be more bringing each other in. It's one of my biggest issues about going places as a family is that we all sit in the same car and have different conversations. Like you, you and your son usually debate one another back and forth. And then the two kids get into it and you yell back and forth with them. And then it's my son inserting himself about conversations or something completely off topic while something's going on. And then him and I start getting into it and it just becomes, it, it becomes this weird little cyclone of weirdness because no one is truly interacting and having like good group conversations. Now, mind you, we have a very oddly dynamic group of family. All of our kids are hundred percent different than each other. You and I are pretty different than one another, but you put any of us together one-on-one, it works perfectly. It's trying to find that whole blend that makes it work good. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's our biggest struggle as a family. And I think, you know, we've talked about doing um, the vlogs. And we actually shot one. And it was the hardest thing I've ever had to film in my life. Mind you, I've been filming for 25 plus years. Yeah, you were so angry. And I'm like, no one, it, it's the weirdest thing. Right. I almost want to put it out there so people can be like, wow, we're not so different. Like, hopefully. Because <laughs> I'm like, this is pretty terrible. Yeah. Well, and I think to your point in the beginning of what we're talking tonight is that our family spends so much time apart that being all together is unusual. Being apart is normal. How we live our day-to-day lives, how we function normally is very separate. And so when we all come together, it's like we're so immature in a little baby because we don't know what to do with our hands. Yeah. You know, we are so stunted in growth as a family because our lives, you know, everyone's got different hobbies, everyone's got different interests, everyone's got different sports, different jobs, different schools. I mean, nobody is on the same page on any level in our home. Right. And so it's natural that the kids are all doing different things because they're all in different places and you're not going to rob kids of schooling and sports and activities yeah, and mean, friendships and stuff. But to a point though, I mean, our kids actually do share quite a bit of the same interests. They just don't do them together. You know, I know I see you rolling your, your eyes. I'm around. trying to think I'm like just looking both sideways. of our boys right now are into streaming. You well, know, this just happened last yeah, night or two nights ago. That it happened for one of the kids, but he right. has been about it and talked about it for about a year now. Whereas mm-hmm. the other one has acted upon it and totally been like full in on it. Right. You know, so trying to figure out how we get at least, let's just say these two to figure out how to work with one another and like normal brothers would, 
and be like, hey, we're going to do this together or I'll help you on this. You help me on that. You know, um, the personalities between the two of them, I think, are what what clash, what's what the hard part is, you know, Um, but they do share a lot of similarities, but they have to be put in the same room and locked in together in order for that to happen, you know, and that's that's again, that's another like key or tool that we need to learn how to get them to i mean literally are we gonna have to lock them into a room well there's not even i mean our home is set up so the kids are all spread out too there's not a common area right currently and you know you think about how to logistically change stuff and as your homes you know do your kids share a common area i know a lot of families have like one tv in the living room if you want to watch tv you all have to go to the living room figure it out you know we take all their tvs and all their devices (laughs) You know what? Let's sell the house. Let's get a tent and move to San Francisco. But I'm just saying, like, you know, something to think about in your blended family and maybe something we need to think about in ours is how is your home physically set up? Is your home physically set up to promote togetherness or is it set up to promote individuality? You know, um, I have a friend and she's got like all the kids do their homework in this room. It's like the kid room, right? And they have like desks in that room and there's like a PlayStation in that room and the toys are in that room and it's kind of like the kid designated room and they have their bedrooms but you know to do homework they go there or to work on a project they go there and so you have kids in and out sometimes all of them sometimes one sometimes two you know but it's that common area of and then they they work on things together they're more around each other you know but you know, there's not really a common area in our home. And maybe that's something no. we need to talk about. I yeah, don't know. We started out a little bit like that at the very, very, very beginning. And, yeah, you know, and that's kind of the way it went. But then we made the mistake of giving each kid their own TV. They all have their own devices. They, you know, they all have their own rooms and areas. And now they come home and they don't need any other area. The common area is the fridge for about 10 seconds a day. Yeah. Every, you know but I mean? you and I do that too. Like, yeah, I go to my room, I say my room, but I go to the room cause I spend most <laughs> of the time there. Right? right. And you, you spend most of your time down here working. Yeah. You know, and, or in the garage, like the, 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 the down, we have a tri-level home. So you, you spend most of your time on third level. Yeah. Like 90% of your time. You don't enjoy being in bed and hanging out. No, it hurts my back. But that's what <laughs> I'm, I'm a saying. hockey player. It you know, kills me to there's lay There's nowhere for me to be down here. Yeah. Like, and so it just, we are so just distanced even physically in our own homes. Yeah. And so if you guys are experiencing distance in your families, I would look at how your house physically is structured and maybe having conversations about how can we restructure our home you know, if you haven't a spare room, well, let's turn that spare room into like a game room for These the are kids. Families. Or... No one has spare rooms. <laughs> That's true. Or maybe you rethink your living room. Yeah. You know, we've had to repurpose our house a bunch to make our blended family be able to co- like live here. Um, and I don't know. I think that that's something to look at too. You yeah. know, there's so much like physical distance creates a lot of emotional distance, creates a lot of intimacy distance well it doesn't force anyone to have to interact and build or grow relationships totally it totally enables for everyone to be separate yeah 
So getting on the same page parenting-wise, having more conversations. Sometimes, if I'm being honest, I just feel like this is a lost cause. And I, and I, like getting on the same page parenting-wise. And so I kind of am personally at a crossroads of just like accepting it is what it is. And not making a fight, not caring, not letting it upset me, not being this woman who for seven years... She's just that's pissed what, off. But that's what will end up happening. Mm, no, because you know. It's not like this is hiding it from you. It is just kind of like, <laughs> you know how it is. We, yeah. we know we're not parenting the same, but I don't think we can. I mean, we have fundamental valued differences between kids. And you and your ex are very much on the same page with so much stuff that I'm not on the same page with you guys. And there's probably a lot of stuff that, well, my, me and my ex aren't really on. It's uh, just, yeah. uh, you know what I, I mean? I love how just, you always put it like that, though. You know, you, you guys act are. Like, you act like when I think it it's comes, a great thing. Yeah, but you act like when it comes to co-parenting yeah. that it is truly everyone has the same idea and everything's perfect. My world of co-parenting is a lot of give and take. And it's a lot of give. What do you take? Not a lot. <laughs> I'm like, I'm you saying. don't take, you it's give everything. It's a lot everything. of give. Right. I, yeah, but I also, I, I look at a lot of the situations and I look at a lot of the situations and I'm really like, is this worth arguing over or is it going to make a difference or do I have a better solution? And when I do, I will definitely take at that point and I will insert. And it's usually not too far off basis and I usually always run stuff past you you know a lot of it though and a lot of co-parenting and I know a lot of people can relate is a lot of give and that has what has made my co-parenting successful and maybe I'm not that successful with it (laughs) maybe she's the successful one with it but at the end of the day I'm happy who the kid is I'm you know or how all the kids are I'm happy how things are going for the most part. And I, on my times, insert myself enough to have a big impact. You know, I don't feel like I'm missing out or there's stuff lacking. You know, my kids loved, my kids, you know, taken care of. My kid is smart enough, you know. I don't feel like there's lacking areas where I'm like, dude, I'm just giving to not have hassle and headache just so. I no, I totally agree. I But I'm saying is we fundamentally disagree on how we would do it. Sometimes. But if it was, uh, but if it was mine and your kid, yours and my kid, <laughs> yours and I's, I failed that class. If it this was our, we're not having kids. If, you can't even say it. If this was our kid, <laughs> I won't even say the rest of it. Um, no, I mean, I think that it would be a lot easier for you and I to get on the same page immediately. And I think everything would be great about it. I don't think that we would have these struggles because we wouldn't have these other cooks in the kitchen. You and I would be able to have a conversation and maybe it would be you and I co-parenting and maybe it would still be a lot of giving. But I feel like it would work out great. I feel like everything about 
that kid in that relationship would be wonderful. Where I know you're really on the other, like you're just such a glasses half empty person. I feel like I'm just a realist. Like I look at the facts in front of me. I look at how kids are actually being raised. And I just, there's such a, there's just, it's different. And I don't think there's one, listen, I don't think there's one right way. I'm thinking back to the conversation that you had with your kid at the table the other day, and I got up and walked away. I just don't think there's one right way to parent. I, I think, you I know. I totally agree. So I don't think your way's wrong and my way's right, right or my way's wrong and your way's right. It's just different. Yeah. Totally. And but it's, if it, we, but if it's it was hard to. Our biological kid, I think it would become a lot easier. I think the give and take would become a lot smoother. But right now, I can do it the way I want. You can do it the way you want. And it kind of doesn't matter. I mean, but to me, it really does. You know? And that's why I do a lot of just giving. Because I'm like, eh, okay. You know? But when you're stuck in the middle of a co-parenting situation of your spouse and your ex, you kind of, you know, I, my life, I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place quite often. You know, like I really am. In yeah, so, you don't want to so poke many, the bear. You don't yeah, want to cause problems. You don't want to <laughs> hurt feelings. You know, you don't, it's, I get it. Two of my most common emojis in my phone. Well, three of my most. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thumbs up. Uh-huh. The other I two. Hate that. She feels like every time I give her the thumbs up that it's a middle finger to her, which I'm like, really? I'm driving and it's so easy just to hit my watch. The other thing is. The like blank look, like flat smiled face with the squirt gun emoji right next to it. <laughs> I, I don't get those often from you. I don't know if I, maybe yeah. once or twice. Who Probably are you sending other, these to? I don't know. Other people <laughs> often, apparently. Are you? Yeah, apparently. Oh. Yeah. Like where I'm like, yeah, this is my life. Like shoot me in the head with the squirt gun now. Mm. <laughs> Anyways. That's a really great note. We should end on that. We should. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Anyways, you guys, let me know what your most common emojis are in your phones. Drop them below. It's going to be a lot of eggplants. And if you're bored, email in and debate Julie. <laughs> what if they get more words in email-wise? I feel like you make me out to be a horrible person, I'm but not, that's I fine. I love you so much. Uh-huh. I'm the debater. You can't get a word in edgewise. You are a you. master debater. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. I'm going <laughs> to go to bed. Thanks for tuning in and listening to our nonsense for an entire... This was over an hour of nonsense. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. <laughs> Subscribe. Thumbs up. Give it a like. Unsubscribe. I get it. <laughs> Welcome to blended family life. Drop we'll your most favorite emoji. Yes. Yes. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye, you guys. Thanks. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.